You're listening to a podcast from the Finnish Football Show. Yes, it's the Finnish Football Show match report episode. Today, we're going to be looking back at Finland 2, Montenegro 0. Game was played yesterday and we've got a very full team today. I'm joined by usual co-host Keke Mulleri. Hi, Keke. Terve. We're by Rich Nelson. Hi, Rich. Hello. We've got a new member of the Finnish football show team. This is making his debut today is Ali Manson. Hi, Ali. Moi, guys. Nice to be here. And I think what we'll do is we'll record a, a separate show where we maybe get to know you a little bit more and introduce you to people. But uh, you were at the game last night, uh, so it's uh, it'll be good to get your insights. And as well as a, a, someone making their debut, we've got an extra special guest today, Hukia uh, defender Robert Ivanov. Hi, Robert. Hi, guys. Nice to be here. Thank you. So we've just recorded an In, in Conversation episode with Robert, a nice, long, hour-long special episode. That will be coming maybe after all these Nations League games. Um, but we thought, seeing as he was in the centre of the action, we'd, uh, we'd ask him to stick around, and he graciously accepted. So, Rich, we talked a couple of days ago about the... Um, the, the game against Bosnia-Herzegovina that ended it disappointingly with a, the very last-minute equaliser. Um, talk us through the the, the, the way the Hukia lined up for the uh, for the start of the game. Um, yeah, there are a few, few changes to the team. I think after we talked about before four games in 11 days, a lot of players coming to the end of a long season, the, the changes, especially we, we highlighted before about full-back and um, Alho and Yera Urenen were rested. And uh, in came Albin Granlund and Ilmari Niskanen. Uh, Lucas Lingman came in in midfield in place of Rasmus Schuller. And uh, the much-campaigned Joel Poyampalo, after his 16 goals in Turkey this season, came in up front. And um, I, I think he made his message quite clear. We'll, we'll go into that. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, whatever grievance he had after not coming on at the end of the Bosnia game. Uh, yeah, he definitely uh, made a statement. Keke, talk us talk us through some of the uh, some of the early action in the game. Yeah, I mean, um, to be honest, I thought I thought Montenegro they 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 sort of tried to they tried to sort of soak up the pressure. Rob and the guys had plenty of time on the ball at the back. I don't think they were they were under under too much stress. They managed to pass it around and and sort of Finland looked to to build from, from the back. I think, um, I don't know if you'd agree with that, Rob, but the, um, yeah, the, 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 you guys at the back seem to pass the ball along and, and, and Finland sort of had to, had to wait for that sort of penetrating pass. And, um, and yeah, they, there was a, a good few opportunities. I mean, um, it was, there was, there was patient, slow build up and then just looking for that burst of pace or that, that, that threaded, that threaded through ball to, to create that opportunity, but there was, um, yeah, there was one or two in the first half. Yeah, I, I thought there was um, there was some there was some nice sort of individual dribbling. Thirteenth uh, minute, Glenn Kamara went weaving um, weaving down the left into the into the box, but his his shot went astray. Um, and the, again, there was some really nice one and two touch football. Um, we also had um, Richard Jensen making his debut at the back there as well. Um, so there were there was there was different things going on um, across the across the team. 
Um, let's ask Robert. How how was it, Robert? The, 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 the two games, two home games in a few days. Um, how did how were the two games? How did you compare the two games? How they how they went? Well, Montenegro was much more passive when we had the ball. So, like Keke said, that we had plenty of the ball. We could play out. And uh, their, if I'm 100% honest, their press was a little bit weird. <laughs> weird? Okay. Yeah, because like we had three central defenders and one six or maybe Lingman or maybe Glenn also sometimes coming in. But like we could play out them almost every time. And okay, they switched a little bit on the second half, but especially the first half was a little bit like, uh, it seemed like they didn't scout us at all. I don't know why, but it seemed like it was easy, easy to play. And then uh, just quality difference was was quite big also to the Bosnia game. Uh, uh, yeah, Montenegro was quite tall team uh, before the game. Riva said that the average height is like 188 in the starting lineup so <laughs> it was quite like basketball team in a way so uh, we we had to be prepared for for the set pieces to be strong in there and uh, but yeah it, still in terms of, of playing out from the back we, we could uh, we, we were better in the Montenegro game of course also because of Montenegro's pressing but mm, yeah we, 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 we were good and it was this it was this um one and two touch passing that was in evidence for the for the first goal and the about the 30th minute uh Demo Buki with a one two with Robin Ludd on the edge of the box uh, actually i mean there were there were a lot more passes before that rich sent round a a diagram of of this uh this move um that started right at the back I, I don't know I, I didn't see if it started with you yourself Robert but it was right there at the back and the ball went zigzagging all the way up up and down across the across the pitch but it, it culminated with this this one two on the edge of the box and Deme drove to the byline and, and crossed the ball for Joel Pochimpalo to, to tap in and and to be honest with you as soon as that ball left Deme's boot I was cheering because I could just see it was going to him, and the goal was the goal was gaping. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think it was nice to see also that was, uh, to see uh, Teme, Yolle, and Reba playing like a three strikers. So it's it was like quite nice to see how well they could play together. It wasn't like surprising, but uh, they like you said also they want to passes. Uh, Wall passes all the time. It was it was just beautiful to see. Yeah, I mean, it must be from your vantage point, Rob. It must be absolutely fantastic to watch that that kind of move come off. You know, especially as um, especially as it starts with you guys at the back. I mean, um, yeah, we we mentioned there Richard Jensen playing his his first game in in the national team, and it looked like he'd been there forever. He 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 sort of he helped with the move, and yeah, that little that little bit on the edge of the box from from Robin Ludd there was was fantastic. I mean, um, could you could you see the goal building from from where you were standing? Did you did you sort of think this is it? Here we go. Yeah, and there was like early also a few few situations where there was just like too the pass was too long or too short, and that like it was just just about to click, and then 
then it clicked and uh, yeah when when it went in the go i was just like you know like celebrating like what's a goal you know like i, I was so sure that there's gonna be twitter you know this uh i don't know how you say it in english but this twitter where they tweet a lot of stuff like and they're gonna go the goal one by one you know like yeah. screenshot like screenshot yeah. like this is the perfect you know goal. i was like immediately like this is gonna be hit so yeah, it was it was nice. Really nice. I had uh, the best best view probably of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ali was in the stadium as well. How was how was your view, Ali? Maybe maybe of the of the second goal as well. It was um maybe just describe describe the goal as you saw it. Yeah, I, I mean you you said earlier about you know as soon as Tamo crossed it across the six yard box for the first goal that we knew it was in. I, I sort of felt it was exactly the same for for the second as well and and sometimes that helps when you're behind the goal as well um i, I, I don't know whether that's just like a, a fan's instinct or sort of hopeful wishing or, or whatever it is but um as soon as that ball ball was whipped in you knew that you knew where it was going um and yeah i i think it i think it just really shows that when when tamo and yo play up front with each other it makes a difference uh, it, it really does. And, you know, the fact that Finland had 66% possession in the first half, you, you know things are going to get created and Finland had to be patient, of course. But, uh, yeah, I think the fact that the second goal came, what, seven minutes after yeah. after the first, um, it, it really set us set us on to a, a, a good win. And um, Did Describe that goal, Ali. Yeah, so, I mean... From from my from where where I was, as soon as the ball sort of got got whipped in, I, I can't I come back to the striker's instincts, and uh, I mean I, I might be doing Yola a bit of a disservice here, but he he just swung an, an instinctive leg at it, uh, and again I don't want to do that as a as a disservice. It's a it's a compliment more than anything I believe, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, was it Li uh, Lucas Lingman who, who who brought the ball in, I believe, for um, yeah from the free kick, um, and again, as soon as it sort of lift it let left his foot, you knew the ball was good, and then you look over, you go, okay, where's it going, and you see Yol there, and you go, it's got to be a second, uh, and of course, it was only the second shot on target as well, so maybe uh, yeah, we were just in a in a green patch at that moment. It was uh, sorry. sorry. No, it was it was brilliant. I mean, like you say, instinctive strikers finish. He, and uh, you know, it, it the ball didn't even touch the ground, did it? He, he stretched mm. and volleyed it into the roof of the net. I mean, yeah. um, it was uh, it's 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 some finish there. I mean, you can say he, he swung a leg at it, but you know, <laughs> he's um, he's volleyed it into the roof of the net, giving giving the keeper no chance. It was um, it was absolutely fantastic to see, and it was it was nice to go two 0 up. And there's some, um, I mean. Um, Kudos to all the all the photographers who who we follow in Instagram because some brilliant photos come out. I mean, you didn't waste any time, Rob. You were straight up there celebrating, celebrating with with Yole. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like to celebrate the goals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's my thing. And uh, yeah, uh, especially when they're beautiful ones, it's it's nice to celebrate them. And uh, Yole had the, in the second half also a good chance from the also free kick to to score the third one, but he missed the ball and then Niskanen almost scored. So yeah. we, were, we were quite dangerous from the set pieces. 
Is that something like, particularly that was the, that you'd worked on? You said before that the uh, Montenegro were particularly high, uh, high, Pitka, tall, high, Pitka, um, yeah. <laughs> long. Um, that they were particularly tall team. Um, and we've we've said that in both games there was a lot of this this really sharp one touch football. Was it was it deliberate way to try and deal with that height, or is it just the way that the team is developing? I think it's how the team is developing. Uh, like there's a lot of bowlers in the squad, uh, and uh, when you put them all together, and you can put them in a position where they can do those one touch flicks, and uh, and uh, when we start like that. It, it also the, the defenders they're not gonna jump anymore so they're gonna stay more down and then when they're gonna start staying more down then they have after a few situations they have more space to take the ball you don't have to flick it anymore then you can just control it and go forward and then that's also dangerous so i think uh, it's just about clicking now and then i, I think it's also about finding like i said reba uh, Jolle and Temo at the same time on the, on the pitch because it's been difficult with the 5-3-2 whatever and now when we play with three strikers more or less uh, it's it, it works and uh, I think it's it's very 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 good like um, uh, as if when you look at the future it's it, it's good that we can play all those three guys together it certainly certainly gives River something to think about doesn't it you know it's um, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it was, it, like you say, Rob, it was fantastic to see those three guys clicking with each other in the, in the final third on the edge of the box there. And, you know, we're, we're big fans of Robin Ludd. We see what he does in, in MLS. He, um, he's either creating or scoring goals every week over there. So it's, um, it's brilliant to see him doing the same thing for Hawkeye. Yeah. Keke, can you tell us a little bit? About the about the second half because we came in at half time as Ali said with 66 percent possession in favour of Finland, which is always a nice statistic to have for your team. Um, how did the second half pan out? Well, I thought um, I thought it was it was what you'd sort of expect. Really, I think Montenegro realised they had they had nothing to lose, and um, and yeah, they they sort of came out of their shell a bit more. Um, I think. You know, Robert and the guys at the back were a little bit busier. They um, they sort of, they did what you'd expect, as as you guys have said. They they were a tall side. They lumped a few balls into the box, and and yeah, they um, they sort of they did. They weren't sitting back, soaking up, so trying to soak up pressure. They did. They did sort of come out of their shell a little bit more. But um, again, with them doing that, that left a bit more space for us in areas, and and we had our chances as well. You know, we spoke just a minute ago about that. That one chance where sort of poor old Yolle was trying so hard for the hat trick, he sort of air shot, he, he he sort of air kicked the the ball, but it it made its way over to Iminiska then there, and um, and he had an opportunity to make it three nil. But um, but yeah, I think that I, I I don't know if you'd agree with me, Rob, but you know I I did I do think that Montenegro came out a little bit more in the second half. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, they they didn't have anything to lose anymore, and they they I think they subbed three players out and three players in, in at the halftime, and uh, they put some pressure on. But uh, I think like we like we said, like I said, it's uh, again a lot of new players, so uh, we probably learned learned from the Bosnia game that we still need to play uh, still and not not to go into to that shell and to start defend the whole second half and. Uh, uh, to, to try to keep the ball and, and uh, in a way to try to just uh, tire them out and 
I think we succeeded in that. They had like one, two chances in the end, but we could handle them. And uh, yeah, uh, we could score the third one and we were like trying to, we spoke about it at the health time that let's go score the th third one and then just be done with it. But uh, yeah, we couldn't, but still, I think it was quite mature second half from us. You had a yeah, good I opportunity mean... yourself, Robert, on 78 minute, a header. Yeah. Need to be more aggressive in those situations. Maybe try heading, to... heading practice over the next couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Watch some Arayori clips. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my weak spot that I need to practice and uh, to yeah get better. Um, well, but this thing about substitutions, I I got really bored of watching international friendlies when teams would bring on six, seven, eight in uh, substitutions, and the last half hour would just die, and. I feel a fear that that may become the way things go in competitive games because you're allowed more and more substitutions. I know at the moment we're in this really weird situation of four games in 10 or 11 days, so it's kind of understandable. But how does how do you feel about that as a player out on the pitch with, with these all these subs going on? Is it difficult? Well, as a centre-back, you know, you usually when you start the game, you finish the game. So... Uh, I haven't thought about it that in that mm. way, but uh, definitely, for example, if you start with Glenn and uh, Lingman in the midfield, and then you can put uh, Schuller there for the last twenty or thirty minutes, you just you, you get you know hyped about it that you get that kind of a player there, and uh, especially in that position that we are leading two nil, and uh, so. In a way, I understand what you're saying, but then again, like you said, it's it's been a long season. It's mm. been like last year, we some players didn't have vacation at all after the Euro. And uh, now again, we have these games. And again, we didn't have a lot of vacation. The season starts again in the uh, middle of July for some. So it's, it's just like you, you, you need, you need the, 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 especially those five substitutions to, to have. And uh, mm, I don't know, as long as it goes like this, I don't think that they, they're going to, you know, put it out, the, the rule because it's so hectic and uh, you, you don't want to get injured. And uh, it's difficult to maintain the level of football if you play every four or three days. So, yeah. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, you said, Rob, about um, about Radek coming in there. And um, like obviously, you know, that's uh, that's not that's not a trade down at all. That's like bring, bringing Rade on for, for to end the game is, is like something else. And the, the quality the, of the substitutions we've got now to be able yeah. to make is is just incredible. But I mean, yeah. Rade was running about like we were two nil down, not two nil up. He came <laughs> he, he came out like a man possessed. I yeah. mean, and, um, we've. We've 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 had we've been lucky enough to have Radde on the show and he's he's such a nice and gentle guy. He's but he's got that thing. He must have that thing. As soon as you step over that white line, he's a different person because yeah, you see yeah. him. we were laughing about it after the game. Like I said to him that I enjoyed it when he came on and he started shouting at everybody and yeah. like get your game on and and, and st stop missing your passes and uh, I don't know maybe yeah uh, yeah like you said he's man possessed when he enters the pitch but. Uh, uh, yeah, but I, it's, it's good. It's good. You need that, especially when the game is a little bit, you know, yeah. sluggish and there's like this kind of a, that nobody really knows what's what's going on. You need a little bit, little, little kick, kick uh, up the ass to just to, to wake up and, and be to, to finish the game properly. And mm. uh, that's what Rada did. And he, he really helped us. Ali, was it your first game at the Olympia Stadium? It was. Yeah. 
Give, um, give, give us a little bit of colour, a bit of flavour of uh, of your experience and the crowd and the game in but, general. Yeah, the, the first thing that I I noticed, and you know, I'm I'm a currently suffering uh, Man United fan at the moment. Um, and, 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 <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and uh, I think the biggest thing that I, I I took away, and I sort of at half time, I really sort of stood back and had this realization of how. Uh, how organised the Olympia Stadium is at the moment in terms of how fan-friendly it is. And I was comparing that to the state of Old Trafford and, and actually many, um, you know, stadiums within the UK that, you know, they haven't been, they haven't been built with the modern fan in mind. Like I went through the North Entrance and, you know, you've got all this open space. You've got, you know, bar, bars to your right. You've got you know, stalls selling, you know, shirts, you know, memorabilia, scarves, everything. And it's just that massive space that from a fan's point of view, I think it is, you know, one of the most perfect welcomes you can get before you get into a football stadium. And, and you know, so much space makes the fan feel at ease, relaxed, as opposed to, you know, getting, um, you know, shuttled into you know a crowded area it was it was really the perfect uh perfect way to enter a stadium really i think you know there was there was a couple of people who um who sort of thumbed their nose to the the amount of time and the amount of money that the olympus stadium renovation cost uh, and uh, the amount of time it took but i i think it's it's absolutely fantastic i mean um obviously where, where you guys come out, Rob, those those old... I mean, the place was built in 1952. Where you where the players come onto the pitch, those beautiful doors that, that yeah, you guys yeah. have. I mean, how, how, are the, how are the changing rooms and that these days after the renovation? Well, I, I, I wasn't there when uh, the old stadium was, was <laughs> in. So I don't know how the changing rooms was back then. But now it's like it's modern as, as it can be like uh, everything is perfect there's sauna there is uh, ice baths there is uh, a lot of space like Ali said there also so you you just you just feel like you're in a proper stadium and uh, it feels like like I also like a football locker room so so yeah no, no complaints for me and um, Robert and Ali both because I've heard Keke talk about this before I, I want some new perspectives um Give your Ali first your perspective on the Pohio Escarre, the fans that are in there making the noise and the singing. Well, yeah, my my first experience of it was walking down uh, Manahemintia, <laughs> and there was possibly a hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred of them, you know, blocking the traffic, and uh, yeah, and I, I think everyone was enjoying it, including I have to say about ten Montenegrin fans. So we're probably the only fans in the stadium. I, I, I did look quite hard for them. I mean, kudos for them for, you know, whether they were local or if they travelled all the way from Montenegro. But um, uh, so that that was my first uh, experience of it, and I, th I think it's the it's the relentlessness of them that I think is incredibly in, infectious as well. Uh, and I mean, you know. Rob, Rob can tell us, I guess, you know, how that spurs the, all the players on. But I, I can only imagine it must be such a motivation when the support is is constant and it, it, it never seems to plateau or peter out. It, it, it always feels like it's at 100 percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's unbelievable. And I think someone will someone said well on Twitter that uh, 
if you compare this Pohjoiskaada to any other nation in Europe, for example, you don't find this kind of a end like big as Pohjoiskaada. I would probably also agree with it. That okay, maybe if you go to Italy, England, the whole stadium is cheering, but like that, that you have one end and so many people dressed there and in white, in, in blue, and then just chant the whole game. And uh, to see this kind of fan atmosphere in Finland, it's, it's not a football country still, and uh, it's a small country, five million people. And to see this kind of atmosphere is it's it's really hard to sometimes even believe it and to to after when after game we were there dancing and chanting with them and I, I was just looking at the sky and feeling like oh, wow this is this is one of the best feelings i have this is your had. job you get paid to do this yeah yeah to dance <laughs> and to chant and to just hug and kiss with teammates whatever and just like it's 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 unbelievable and uh, i think it's like growing all the time like i said it's it was tuesday 7 p.m against Montenegro, you know, if it would be against, like, I understand France, there's some to play for, the playoffs, whatever, you understand it, but now you have Montenegro draw with Bosnia, you would see, you know, Finland as a country that also, you know, if you don't win, they're like, ah, we don't care anymore, you know, so to see this kind of atmosphere, it's, it's, it's crazy, really. It's like a home game. It's like ha- actually like a proper home game, not yeah. just like, like I don't know Keke or and Rich if he if he was with us would would give an idea about Wembley, but like you say, it's a home end. That's where the noise yeah. comes from, and then it and then it sort of spreads from there, and yeah. other parts of the ground join in. I mean, when you're when you're in that Pochoscar, it feels like all five million Finns are in there with you. It's, um, it gets, <laughs> Sometimes they it, probably are. Yeah, it yeah. gets it gets a bit it gets a bit packed in there, and it's but it's the only place to be. You know, it's um, the atmosphere is electric. The the you know the capos do a fantastic job getting the crowd singing, and it's um, it it's like Rob said. You know, like um, it's it's a proper it's a proper ultras atmosphere. It's like um. You know, I've watched football all over the place. I've watched football in England, Sweden, Italy, and it's um, and the atmosphere in there is is like is is something else. It's it's fantastic, and it's it is like it's you get the passion for the national team there in the Pochoscara that these Italian ultras and Swedish ultras put into their club sides. You know, and it's yeah. and it's so it's so like there's guys from Honka in there, Yiyiko Uvascular, my pals. You know, there's it doesn't matter it doesn't you know AC Oul doesn't matter who you support you know everyone's in there cheering for Finland so it's um, it's, it's fantastic I love it yeah okay I think to, so to, to you'll see Asam Yikor and, and all his and all his the other boys that are organising it with him you know again we, we kudos salute, yeah. to you guys yeah, yeah, yeah salute salute to the to the lads uh, ha- let's have a well, I think we we predicted before the, these games started that we would we'd be looking for eight points from the the four games. So let's put Robert on the spot one final time and say what's going on. What 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 can we expect for the next two games? What 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 are your predictions, Robert? Yeah, I don't know. We haven't watched the, the Bosnia Romania game, but. Uh... How Romania have played now, I think everybody is a little bit surprised because I think a lot of people would have thought that uh, they would be one of the candidates to win their group. So, um, 
along with Bosnia, of course. So it's it's been a surprise for me, and I think for all of us that how how they have played. Uh, so I think we have to, of course, go and look for the win because we have the momentum now, and uh, they have been two losses now. They haven't scored a goal, so uh, yeah. And uh, again, from then, I don't know. We won in Bosnia last time. We have to go for a win again. So uh, I see. Uh, I'm not gonna say we're gonna win both games, but uh, I would say four points will, is is there for the taking. You go into every game now, trying to win, which is, you know. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's the difference if you compare it to to five years, ten years back, even. Uh, of course, the the quality is is a little bit. It's not like the top ten countries in in euro in europe but still the you can sense that that every game we play we we try to win and uh and uh that's that's how it's supposed to be brilliant robert thank you so much for all the time you've given us today you're the first hooker yeah to be on two episodes of the finnish football <laughs> show so you know there's a there's a very small claim to fame there. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm honored. Yeah, yeah, we and so are we as well. Thank you very much, and we'll be we'll be following you and the guys as, as closely as we possibly can in the next week and and beyond as well. So uh, thanks, thanks again. We'll get that Arsenal ticket as well. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, listen, uh, thanks. Rob, Rob, yeah, thanks on. so much for joining us again, mate. And um, yeah, good luck to you and all the boys. We'll be we'll be watching and um, and yeah, bring up bring home some points for us, mate. And um, yeah, just uh, thanks for all your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, uh, I'll tell the guys that you said hello and uh, we'll be in touch and uh, have a great summer. Yeah, thanks, Robert. Thanks. I, I think that just about wraps up this episode. Thanks to my co-hosts for joining me. To Keke. Goodbye, Keke. Kiitos, kiitos. Goodbye, Rich. Hey, hey. And Ali, on his debut, your debut, goodbye. Moi, moi. Listener, thank you for listening and till the next episode of the Finnish Football Show. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Finnish Football Show. You can find us online at finnishfootballshow.com. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening or watching. You can follow the Finnish Football Show page and group on Facebook and on Instagram. See the links in the episode description below. You can also connect with the four hosts on Twitter at Explore Finland, at FC Sormi at Escape to Saw Me, at Kekimulu. Links to the Finnish Football Show merch stores are also in the episode description.